<laughs> Good morning, my friends. Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. It's uh, Tuesday, the 21st, I believe, of, uh, of April. Heading down the office for an emergency patient this afternoon, around noon. Figure I'd get in there and get my shit together. <clears throat> Might hear the gentle pitter-patter of the rain. <clears throat> More than a pitter-patter at this point. So it's supposed to be some thunderstorms coming in. So I I have a... Rather than going freestyle today, I wrote down a, um, a concept or a story. Story notion came to mind the other night just before bed. So I've been thinking about the incessant communication that has been coming and going, freely flowing, ever since this uh, pandemic, the onset of it, a couple months ago. I remember years ago, 10 years ago or more, <clears throat> and I've always been one to seek out natural spaces like parks and shit take my dogs out there and let them run without a leash just kind of be free and just be able to see all the sights and smell all the scents and take it all in literally and figuratively watching the flow of water down a creek rippling over rocks Kicking up a couple creatures, you know, maybe there'll be some herd of deer. You can see the ass end of them as they sense your presence and tear off. So I used to go out to this place called Evansburg State Park. They have a five-mile loop that I would sometimes do. And I would go out, typically on the weekends, after negotiating whatever the week would throw at me and you know, being a small businessman and um, raising a family and just managing all that I manage. My many responsibilities that we all have. Well, I just needed a place to take refuge, you know, so I would get in the custom of, okay, what's going on? It's Saturday morning, got that much ado, or in the afternoon, we're going to head over to Grandma's house and have a birthday, but whatever the fuck we were doing, I would, uh, as soon as I rolled out of the rack and had a cup of coffee in me, I would head on down uh, stairs, and I would take my dog and put the leash on her, and she'd be raring to go, and we'd just, we'd head out. So, this one part of this five-mile loop involved this area where the power lines kept through, came through. And this story is going to be titled to that effect, Walking Underneath the Power Lines. As I would head down the trail, there was a short component that was Macadam. And it seemed like it was like a maintenance road or something where the... Um, the game wardens or park rangers, of which there was one, maybe two, and a clerk 
<clears throat> they would um, take their trucks down that road doing whatever they were doing. I can't imagine there was ever too much work to do, but every once in a while you'd see them cruising down there. Otherwise, you'd never run across anybody. So I'd be heading down the trail. There'd be a Christmas tree farm on my right. Kick up a few deer. Hit that macadam road. And all of a sudden, the power lines would be overhead. And I remember the that the sound of the power lines. They like they made a had a distinct buzz about them. Like right now, as I'm driving down to the office, I see you know power telephones, telephone poles, and the various wires connecting them. But you know, power lines. We're talking about towers with friggin' high tension wires there way up in the sky because they're carrying a lot of friggin' voltage, amperage, whatever. A lot of information, a lot of communication going, traveling through those lines. My dad, you know, this has significance to me and a familiarity because, uh, in particular, my father was a lineman, and so I know that he would jump on his big line truck with his crew and spackle pails filled with wire and rope and nuts and bolts and shit tethered to the side of the big truck and they would swing. You all know these line trucks I'm talking about. They got a bucket on the top. Big fucking truck, you know, so big yellow, orange, Jersey Central Power and Light truck would pull up. My dad would take off after a storm or some high winds had come through and he'd be come back and he'd have some pictures or some stories to tell about these power lines. And growing up in the Pine Barrens, the power lines, you know, of course they go, they go through every community now, but Pine Barrens basically sand, pine trees, and cedar swamps, creeks, a lot of open land, and then these power lines would go through. And just like I've been describing, there are roads, unimproved roads that go along those power lines so that they could be serviced. And my dad would travel those roads, and people would hike those roads, and dirt bikers, and ATVers, and off-roaders would descend on these trails that the power lines would cut. And at various intervals, there would be these creeks. I can see it, and I can smell it now, the amber water of some Pine Barrens Creek draining a cedar swamp, and depending upon how much rain had fallen and the time of year, there was either a little trickle of a flow, you could look down in the shallows and see a gravel bed, sandy gravel bed, white stones, quartz, presumably, which is what most sand is made of, quartzite, and you see this amber bottom, or this amber water, and through it you could see this clear Um, quartzite gravel and then it got deeper a deeper amber until it was a brown and you could tell that that was really deep out there, you see a little current going you know, you could typically wade across these creeks but the dirt bikers and the ATVers and the mud hoppers 
they would come through there with their vehicles and there they would basically cross these do these stream crossings I remember going across many times in my parents Jeep or people other other friends of mine that had trucks up on lifts with 35 38 inch mud hop tires and we just go out there and drink beer and drive around in the Pine Barrens and that's what we did and it was great growing up around that so these were these power lines are they really prompt me to reminisce I remember one time my sister's dickhead boyfriend commandeered our parents' Jeep and, and we went out in the power lines and it didn't have the big tires. It had kind of like a stock, maybe a little bit of a, maybe a 31-inch tire. And we tried to cross the power lines uh, stream out there and there's all kinds of debris and crap in there, car parts and submerged vehicles and rebar sticking out of fucking concrete blocks and stuff so that the big line trucks could pass remember there was like this plateau in there that where the power company presumably had taken these big concrete blocks and dropped them right in the middle so that the line trucks could get clearance and traction and make it across, and anyway, we went across my mom's Jeep, and, you know, you're sitting in the fucking Jeep, your legs are wet, your ass is wet, we were submerged in this fucking thing, tape deck is shot, I mean, all the electrical components to speak of were shot, we had to pull the drain plugs on the floor, um, it was that bad, ultimately destroyed the Jeep, but anyway, just to paint a picture of what happens on these power lines. And so <clears throat> when I see them now, I always think about those times. When I see these rich swaths of um, wood and stone that have been cut, let's say going up, driving up in the Poconos or going out in the country, even in our communities here, you can see where the power lines cut straight through. And it almost like, prompts me to want to hike the entire length of those power lines like to see where they go see how far they stretch because it's almost it's like a barren land it's no wonder why back in our pine barren days we would do that we would go out in the power lines and just take a journey and oh, we're going to come up over here over this hill and there's the stream and look stop and have a beer, and hey, look who's out here, and you knew people, call people by their last name, hey, Smitty's out here, hey, that guy, Dave is out here, look at his gigantic truck, he's got a, uh, a military rear end, which is um, a little pumpkin underneath, uh, with the gears in it, that drives, uh, propels the vehicle, takes the power from the engine and focuses it into the gears that you experience when you drive. And this is a military rear end. Some of this guy went and got like a five-ton rear um, 
and had, he was up on like 40, 48 inch military tires and had nitrous oxides, uh, so that he could power out of any sort of mud pit that he came across. The guy had a tow truck. It was, it doubled as a tow truck and he would go out there at a dually nitrous oxide powered military rear end, military tire, purple truck. And he was a tow operator. He would go tow people out of the woods and charge them for it. His name was Dave Grone, or Grome, when people called him by his last name. Look at Grone's out here. That's one of his holes. Because he would basically go out there and get stuck, and then with all that power that I just described, focused on the tires, he would just freaking dig holes in the mud and sand. And you go out there in your mom's Jeep and get stuck and almost die, right? So anyway, that's a little aside, just some, some background on the uh, these power lines. We used to call it, let's go out to the power lines, the power lines. And along the power lines, there were also these sand and gravel pits that you could stop in. And we had, you know, it was, they were supposedly private property and off limits, but we'd ride our dirt bikes out there and look at these impossibly blue like turquoise lakes that were created. I guess it was an effect created by the clay bottom or whatever the fuck was going on, but it looked absolutely beautiful. And being from New Jersey, you thought some horrible chemicals (laughs) could also be what's causing that. But it was nice to look at. And there were these like secret hidden lakes throughout the pines like that. But what interests me most about the power lines these days is that when I would go walking out at Evansburg State Park or maybe thinking about power lines near your house today, around the time of the uh, holidays or even the weekend, if you walk underneath those power lines or in the vicinity, you can hear a clear uptick of the information being sent off of uh, being emitted from the, those conduits, right? You could hear it. It sounds like a crackling, like a fuzz, like you've ever tuned into a radio station. <clears throat> but it wouldn't quite come in. It was like a squelching and a shh like a low-grade freaking buzzing sound that you constantly would hear. And I thought about that in reference to all of the shit that's going on right now, the constant communication that we have going, the information that, you know, it's all we have right now because we don't have human contact in some cases, right? We don't have... A lot of contact with our, you know, in-person, face-to-face shit. I mean, seriously, it was only a month ago, or a couple months ago now, where I was teaching anatomy. And I was showing up into an amphitheater, or a, you know... classroom, and we'd have 50 or 60 kids in there, 
studying with me. And now that's off limits. The notion of, of going back to that in the short term is off the table. It's fucking nuts. So that communication, that face-to-face is, is kind of a, uh, suddenly a thing of the past. That's nuts. I think about the, as I'm traveling now, I think about the information that travels along those wires. I think about that old game we would play when we were kids where you make the telephone, connect the cups with a string and you talk and you can hear each other or sticking your, a shell up to your ear and listen to the, the swirling and the water sounds. Look, listen to the ocean, your parents would say. Listen to this conch shell. You can hear the ocean. And the ocean, of course, was just the reverberations of information coming in there and sounds coming through ambient noises that would be captured between your ear and that that shell. Kind of like a little echo thing going on there. As the sound waves would bounce off the inside of the shell and go around its <clears throat> little bends that made up the topography of the shell, the internal aspect of it. <clears throat> so, I thought about that, you know, thinking about communication and that taking those walks and listening to like around the holidays, I would need to head out there just to take a little bit of refuge, get a little bit of vitamin N for nature. And I would hear all this information coming in, which is the collective information being emitted about the activities of mankind, what we were doing, how we were behaving, what we had going on, at that particular time. And why the fuck is this creep parking in my lot? I don't know why he parks in my lot. Shady looking motherfucker. This guy goes up to that house. Of course he is. There's like this house that is constantly rented next to my office here. And there always seems to be, I mean, I hate to judge people, but looks like some fucking crackheads. Now this guy leaves that house and hits the road again. He's probably going to buy some drugs or something like that. Fucking freaks. Anyway. I thought that that was interesting. That's really it. I just thought about those power lines and all the information coming in. You think of the many people who are having conversations, who are speaking what's on their mind. And this is just a telephone or cellular information. um, That doesn't travel over those wires, right? But the uptick of that noise, that shh, you could hear it and you could feel it as you walked underneath those power lines. 
I thought that was so interesting, and I imagine the many conversations that were being had at that time during, let's say, pre-Thanksgiving, when people are making their plans, jumping on their landlines, uh, increasing the electricity that they were utilizing so they could service their houses and their their homes and their devices, firing up their electric stoves and all their appliances in preparation for the holiday or whatever was happening at that particular time. And now I think about what those power lines, how much they must be whining in a constant, louder, uh, more aggressive tone because of the sheer volume of information coming at us. And then I think about the neurology, our wiring as human beings, our nervous system, our brain and spinal cord, and the information that's coming through that, and the quality of the information. Is it something that we can use? Is it something that is to our benefit? Or, as has been suggested, scientifically and otherwise, are those power lines killing us? You know? Are the magnetic fields created by the voltage going through those high-tension wires, is that bad for us? Do you want to have a house that has a, um, you know, a transformer nearby or high-tension wires going through your community? You ever do that? I remember years ago when we were looking for houses, we would go out with our realtor and be like, oh, I don't know about the high-tension wires. The price is right, the realtor would say. But there's something, even if the science was kind of not, you know, they have the wires up in the air because that's going to keep them away from us. But is it far enough? And what happens when those high-tension wires are really receiving a lot of current? <clears throat> and that's in our vicinity. What does that mean for us? How does that, how might that affect us? Does it affect us at all? This kind of goes along, uh, don't, don't mistake this as uh, being at one with the um, 5G argument. People think that 5G is, is the devil and it's caused the, this virus outbreak or has something to do with that. Which I saw a great article the other day talking about the different wavelengths of stuff. And that microwave radiation is essentially the... Uh, cell phone technology. Those are long wavelengths and they are harmless comparatively. But then you get to the visible light spectrum, ultraviolet, and we know that that can fry us pretty good and can cause genetic mutations and skin cancer and all that other shit. And then we get into ionizing radiation, which is like x-ray. So we have to know a little bit about that spectrum of light and how it affects us. But it's interesting, and it's all fair game um, for discussion. And I was thinking about walking underneath those power lines. You ever do that? You ever have these same observances as me? And you see the power lines climbing up over some low hills or a mountain, and there's all that, it's like they just went in there and just dropped every tree and dragged them out of there, and you got some brush and maybe a couple little, uh, you know, double set of, you know, tire tracks where the ATVs and the off-roaders 
take their vehicles up and over there and have adventures underneath the power lines where information is coming and traveling so rapidly. And you could hear it. And how does that sound these days? How does that sound? How much power is traveling through those wires? What are those people saying? What are they communicating? Is it worth listening to? Is it helping us? Is it harming us? The flow of information. The flow of consciousness. Stepping out of that flow. You know, in closing, I was listening to uh, some YouTube clips from Eckhart Tolle. He's a Scandinavian, I think. Let's say he's... I don't know what the fuck he is, but he's some European guy. Real genius. I read his book. Uh, He's like a guru. I read his book talking about um, anxiety and stress and consciousness and things like that. He was saying that we have this um, this ego that makes it, and we talk or think about our problems or our current troubles, let's say, relative to this pandemic. I'm thinking about all these things. I'm going, I'm up in, in bed at night thinking about my office and, you know, any assistance that we might get and what is the, um, what is this, uh, what is going to befall us? What is going to happen? I've got a family, I've got a home, I've got businesses. I've got another guy walking up to this fucking house, crack house over here. You got all these things that uh, most of the th- the problems that are that we perceive as happening, they're not even really happening. They're hap- they're playing out in our mind like these little scenarios, talking at us like that constant low hum of the freaking high tension wires, and. We have to dare, we have to have the courage to say, okay, this isn't reality. This is something that I'm creating. It's not the situation. It's my mind. And in the one sense, I've, you know, I've talked about this before, in the one sense, human beings are brilliant in our ability to use our nervous system, our brain and spinal cord to solve problems and be logical and help people and love and tinker and innovate but we also create a lot of issues for ourselves and it is very much like that the high tension wires buzzing and the the sound of the ocean coming from the conch shell and sometimes we need to take our ear away from that fucking conch shell talk to you guys later stay motivated